We are Ballbusters. Your sports news podcast on Unbenched. Breaking the glass ceiling through sports. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Ballbusters with three people on one couch and one person on Zoom. It's our favorite way to do things here. Um, as usual, hi, I'm Casey, and I have my three best friends, Dua, Mick, and Krina. Say hi, friends. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> wow, beautiful, spectacular, amazing. It is a disgusting day in Toronto, the day that we're recording. Um, it is Wednesday, so anytime we reference today, we are speaking about Wednesday, September 22nd, for all the confusion that we were about to cause. And yeah, that's that's kind of all, all I have to intro. Um, all of our lives are falling apart, but it's fantastic. We're thriving. Anyways. <laughs> um, so speaking of things that are falling apart. Karina, NBA, Ben Simmons, let's go. <laughs> what an amazing transition. That was an awesome segue. Uh, yeah, things are um, falling apart with uh, the 76ers. Um, it was reported yesterday that Ben Simmons will not report for the opening of training camp next week and intends to, quote, never play another game for the franchise, unquote. Um, ESPN reported he wants to trade. He told management he has no plans to wear an NBA uniform again until he's moved to a new team, which sounds very, very dramatic. However, the way things have transpired with this team, I'm not at all surprised. The 76ers have been kind of dragging his name for years now in trade discussions and putting the blame on him. And obviously there's two sides to this, like neither side, neither Ben Simmons nor the front office is like fully not to blame. They're both to blame. But the discourse that has come out of this has been quite interesting. A lot of people have been calling Ben Simmons a baby, a child um, for, for setting out. He could get fined for sitting out. I think it was reported like over $200,000, um, depending on how long he sits out. The 76ers haven't really pulled, um, they haven't really traded him yet because they a, they don't think his trade value is high enough, and they've just kind of been waiting to see like which team can offer enough for him, which is a little bit of a, of a mistake in my opinion, because how long are you going to wait um, until you finally get rid of him and while also keeping him during all this time? And he has to kind of put up with this discussion that is clearly obviously about him and so i'm going to open up the discussion to all of us would you want to play for a franchise that has involved your name in trade discussions for years and repeatedly put the blame on you whether or not that was warranted is like another question but yeah i'm throwing that question to you guys um, absolutely not <laughs> i i wouldn't either but like imagine just having two hundred thousand dollars to throw around because you don't want to do your job because your boss has made you mad that's what I'm saying is like, would I want to play for someone that treats me the way Philly treated Ben Simmons? No, but here's my issue with pro athletes. You signed a contract. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't give a damn how you feel. You're being paid way too much money in this case to stand there and bounce a ball around. I, I don't get how we've hit a point where athletes can just be like, 
yeah, I signed this, but like, I don't really feel like it anymore. Like imagine pulling that shit in any other career field. You can't. I think it's fair that he asks for a trade and like wants to not play for Philly anymore. But I don't think it's fair that he's just going to sit out and not play. Like he should play until he's traded. He has all the right to ask for a trade, especially in this situation, but play until you're traded. Yeah. Like request the trade. That's fine. People do that all the time, but to just sit there and be like, Oh yeah, that contract I signed where you're paying me all this money. Yeah. I just, I don't feel like it. Yeah. That that actually raises an interesting um, topic. And that just makes me think that, yeah, he does have enough money to just kind of be like, okay, you're going to find me $200,000. All right. Like that's not really going to affect me. Um, And that's an interesting topic in general for NBA players. And like, this is, this has happened before. Like we've seen James Harden just be like, no, I want to be traded and I don't want to play. I think like they're really at both at fault here. Um, There was also another aspect that I want to talk about is what does this mean for Joel Embiid? Because I think the 76ers front office is kind of wasting his window of opportunity for competing for a championship. And I feel a bit bad because Embiid is obviously their best player. Like you need to be building around him. And then just to have him go through all this Ben Simmons stuff is like, is he ever going to see a championship in his career? Not in Philly. I think that's obvious at this point but i mean hey like he wants to trust the process <laughs> the process sucks. the process doesn't exist yeah, yeah um there's front offices all over pro sports that are wasting like generational talents ability to win a championship hi edmonton i'm looking at you <laughs> so yeah i like if i'm them it's like what are you doing like screw like trade he doesn't want to be there trade him like, you're not going to get anything if he's going to sit out. So trade him now while he still has some value and then worry about insulating your best player with the talent required to win. Because at the end of the day, your pro sports team isn't that what you want to do. Exactly. And like, my, okay, this is going to be like my kind of final thoughts on this. But with Ben Simmons, if you were waiting for him to increase his trade value, I just don't think that that was going to happen. Like, especially with like the the way he struggled like this past year, um, it just makes the front office look bad for waiting that long because you had, I'm assuming they had a lot of offers for him and he would make other teams better if he was traded. And so it looks bad to wait this long because then you know that he's going to be not content with how it's going. So if we could have seen this coming, I don't see how the front office couldn't have seen this coming. Um, Cause we're not the front office, but I don't know. Are we smarter than them? I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, at this point it's looking like it. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely some questionable decisions from everybody. And uh, yeah, the process is done. It's, it doesn't, it's not working. Um, the Sixers need to kind of figure out. And I know today or yesterday, Doc Rivers, the, the coach, he went on first take and he was talking to Stephen A. Smith and kind of going back on his, because uh, he was blaming Ben Simmons last season about a bunch of things. And he went back and he was like, oh, I never said that. And so it's just a it's just a huge mess in Philly right now. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they do anything to try to fix it. Um, but moving on to good news in the NBA, Malika Andrews gets her own freaking show. Finally, the jump is replaced with uh, NBA Today. 
She's going to be hosting it as part of a new multi-year contract extension. She's going to be joined by Kendrick Perkins. I don't know about that, but she's also going to be joined by uh, Chani Agumake, Vince Carter, and senior writer Zach Lowe. Um, and then every now and then, Adrian Woj, um, Ramona Shelburne is also going to be joining them, contributing updates from around the league. It's going to air Mondays to Fridays at 3 p.m. How do we feel about this? Yay. <laughs> um, I mean, good. I feel like this is, it sucks because I don't want to celebrate breadcrumbs. Like, cool, you're giving one of the most talented people at your own network their own show. Again, you shouldn't need me to, like, clap for you for this. But given ESPN's history, fine, I will clap for you for this. Um, So happy for her. And it's a really encouraging move from the network, especially after they just canceled um, another show that had a woman of color on it to give a white man his own show. Um, it's like, okay, thank God you're doing something, but I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's anything really, because it's like, I don't want to be like, oh, it cancels it, but you literally just canceled, like Casey talked about just now, like you canceled a woman of Highly questionable, yeah. Yeah, like you can't cancel her show to give a white man a show. And then, of course, you're giving one of your most talented staff members a like a like a show. Yes, absolutely. But and I think it's really great. And it's great that she's a woman. But does that really mean anything when like right before that you did that? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like I don't think it's because they want to amplify women's voices in sports. That's, I don't think that's what's happening here. I think you guys pretty much said it all there. Like, you can only celebrate this so much while thinking about everything else that's happened. Yeah, and I think that this is, like, a good example of whether or not they did it for the right reasons. We have it now, and so I feel like she can take advantage of it. Um, and because we know, like, Malika Andrews, she's 26 years old, but she is probably one of the most qualified um, people in the in the NBA and so just for her to have her own show now and this is a good example of what it means to have a qualified candidate and why that looks like diversity and so it is important to hold you know places like ESPN accountable because even though they'll do some right things they've done a lot of things that are somewhat questionable um, but overall I think this is a step in the right direction and that she can fully take advantage of her platform now with this show and hopefully other networks and other platforms start to kind of take the initiative to do the same thing. Um, and that's kind of all for the NBA this week and I'm going to pass it off to Michaela for some women's sports. All right so I have two little stories here to talk about um, in terms of women's sports. Neither one is good news. So I'm going to put a little damper on this episode, but we got to talk about it. So to start off, uh, Megan Rapinoe and Sue Bird are among a group of female athletes who are urging the U.S. Supreme Court to protect abortion rights. That happened on Monday. This comes in relation to the case involving Mississippi's Republican-backed bid to ban abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. More than 500 athletes and groups have signed this free of the court brief, friend of the court brief to the justices. This group of 
people includes 26 Olympians, 73 professional athletes, and multiple different athletic associations. In the brief, it stated that, quote, the physical tolls of forced pregnancy and childbirth would undermine athletes' ability to actualize their full human potential, end quote. It also said, quote, as women athletes and people in sports, we must have the power to make important decisions about our own bodies and exert control over our reproductive lives, end quote. That was what Rapino said. Obviously, she's a two-time World Cup winner, an Olympic gold medalist, and she also called the legislation curbing abortion rights infuriating and un-American. The Supreme Court on Monday said that the oral arguments in the case will happen December 1st, and then the ruling will happen at the end of next June. It's really interesting to me how I feel like we rarely see male athletes step up for causes that are this, um, causes of this gravity. Like this is a huge, huge topic, especially in the United States right now. And to see so many female athletes and even athlete organizations standing up against it is something that we haven't seen in a, I don't know if we've ever seen that. What do you guys think about these athletes taking a stand for this cause? <laughs> um, I mean, look, I say this all the time. Megan Rapinoe is one of my favorite human beings ever until she puts on a U.S. Women's National Team yeah. jersey. Yeah. And this is why. Um, and in terms of like the larger scope of female athletes being more outspoken about this, I find that something that we need to start talking about more because it's true. Like when was the last yeah. time you saw multiple male athletes speak out like as a unit on something this big that had absolutely nothing to do with their sport. Like I know we've seen a lot of action with the black lives matter movement, but that in a way directly impacts a lot of sport, especially in the NBA when you have the majority of your players being players of color. So for this, this doesn't impact really anyone immediately. It's just yeah. like the notion of the thing of being a woman and yeah, I, like it's, I, I don't even have words to express like how meaningful it is that they are doing this. But at the same time, like, why is it only women standing up for women's right to choose? Like, yeah, I, I get, Sorry, I just had to contribute. I get, we say like no uterus, no opinion, but like no uterus doesn't mean no support. So let's, let's fix that. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a really good point too. It's like these women understand what using their platform means. And it's something that male athletes haven't fully grasped, which is ridiculous to me, but whatever. They understand that they have power to make a change and that's exactly what they're doing here. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. It's going to be a long time, but it makes me happy that female athletes want to speak up about causes all right so moving on to the next topic this comes from the nwsl so bethany balser was rookie of the year in 2019 and she plays for the ol reign when she won rookie of the year anybody want to take a guess at what she got she got a 50 dollar chipotle gift card not even 50 dollars $50 Chipotle gift card. Like you can only spend that at Chipotle. Imagine getting a pro athlete 
a gift card to Chipotle. And it also didn't come from the NWSL. It came from the Players Association. So the actual league didn't give her anything. Oh. Huh. So in her tweet that she put out on, on September 21st, which was yesterday, this is her tweet. Why is equal pay important? I got a $50 gift card to Chipotle for winning Rookie of the Year in 2019. That's it. We need a CBA in this league and we need to move forward, not backwards. So if you had any questions about uh, equal pay and you don't think that that's an issue, look at that. She got a $50 Chipotle gift card. What, she can buy five burritos with that? Like, Imagine thinking equal pay is not an issue, though. Like, There's people that, there's people that don't, though. Okay, come on over. Let's let's have a conversation on our balcony. <laughs> any anybody have any thoughts about this? Anybody want a Chipotle gift card? I hate it. Here are my thoughts. <laughs> I hate this. I like I saw that tweet and I was in shock, but also not in shock. I was like, of course they did that. Um, like, is this really outrageous at this point? Like the amount of things like they try to get away with is just ridiculous and every time i hear 50 dollars chipotle gift card like i'm just my brain can't even comprehend it no like not even like a 50 dollars gift card to like i'm trying to think of like something that would have been better literally anything literally like not fast food starbucks coffee just a general uber eats gift card so a that f- she could get whatever she wanted a 50 dollars bill yeah maybe like a $50 bill <laughs> or maybe like more than $50. That's a concept. Maybe a check. Maybe the same thing that the like, you know, male rookie of the year gets just a thought. So this has just been another edition of women don't get fair opportunities in sport. And we see that every single day. All right. That's it for me. I'm now passing it over to Casey for football. Okay, cool. So football, I'm going to do a quick little shameless plug for the TikTok version of Sunday Sprint that we're now doing. So go follow us on TikTok because if you did, you will have a sneak peek into the first thing we're going to talk about this week, which I'm excited. Wait, can I just say, you guys, Casey's TikToks and like Casey's Sunday Sprint is like top level content like i'm not even a football fan but i read and i watch every single one of her sunday sprints because they are amazing so like please if you're not watching them or reading them you are missing out so go do that okay continue all right there's my ego boost for the day thank you um okay so here's a comparison so remember how Stephen a smith was like the um Oh God, what was the team? The Dallas Cowboys are the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. Yeah, so imagine how that makes me feel. (laughs) Imagine how that makes me feel. It really makes me feel very good. So (laughs) that was very fun, very fresh. (laughs) Sometimes that video was sent to me. Like I don't even, I can't even count. Every single person I knew sent that video to me. Yeah, it probably came from me about two or three times. Um. Okay, well, I have a new NFL to NHL comparison, and I will not rest until this catches on, okay? Okay, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. But to before we get into this, we're just going to we're going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars and um their statement that they put out. Oh my lord. After starting <laughs> 0 and 2 
Because of course they did, because they're Jacksonville. So hang on, we're gonna we're just gonna pull this up. Um, so in case you didn't know, Jacksonville had the first overall pick because they had the worst record in the league last year. <laughs> um, they brought in Urban Meyer, who is a ridiculously successful college coach. Um, and things were supposed to turn around. They brought in Trevor Lawrence with that first overall pick, who's supposed to be Jesus. He has the hair for it. And uh, things were supposed to be better. Well, shocker, things are not better. Um, so they've started 0-2. And honestly, they haven't gotten smoked in either game. Like they've been not close, but they've been respectable. That didn't stop them from coming out with an Instagram statement to their fans. So so we're just going to read this. And this is um, over a picture of the team standing arm in arm. And it has their logo. And it's just this little tiny statement from Urban Meyer and the team. So hang in there with us. We're going to get better. Doubt that. The only thing about Jacksonville and the 904. Oh, sorry. The one thing about Jacksonville and the 904, go to sleep knowing there's not going to be any group working harder than us to get this thing flipped. Urban Meyer. I know you got Trevor Lawrence. I know. But did anybody actually expect them to be good this year? Like, it's the same thing. When Edmonton got Connor McDavid, they weren't going to magically be good. You can't have one player and magically be good. The rest of your team isn't good. So I don't think they need to put out a statement, but whatever. That's what I'm saying is like, so basically, spoiler alert, my new NFL to NHL comparison is the Jacksonville Jaguars are quite simply just the Edmonton Oilers oh, wow. of the NFL. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, because you have all these like draft picks, you bring in all this talent, you have all these expectations, and then you do that. But yeah, if you're a Jacksonville fan, you can't possibly tell me that you expected to bring in a white string bean with Jesus hair <laughs> and suddenly be a competent football team. Like what math is that? Like, how did you get there? So yeah, anyone who is a Jaguars fan, if there are any of you out there, um, let us know how you feel about this statement, I guess. Did you need a statement from your team? There are plenty of teams going 0-2 right now who have not put out a statement. New York Jets, I'm looking at you. Um, but you know, that's how sports work. Like you should only need a statement if you like do something wrong and losing while you have a shitty football team isn't doing something wrong. It's doing what's expected of you. So yeah. Uh, let me know any other NFL to NHL team comparisons, because I think this is quite fun. What we said the other day about fans. Oh, Green Bay Packers fans and Winnipeg Jets fans are the same. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like a nice kind of crazy. Yeah. Like they're huge fans, but I don't think that they would like, like they, kill me they won't hurt you they won't assault you for you know styling. wearing the wrong jersey yeah. yeah anyways so there's now 32 nhl teams so there's 32 nfl teams so i think we can make a very fun comparison chart so hit me with your suggestions and let's get that going anyways next thing in the nfl before we get into picks injuries injuries and more injuries um so we just wrapped up week two week three we'll kick off tomorrow with the thursday night game and we already have injuries to pretty important players. You're looking at Odo Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Tua Tagovailoa, Tyrod Taylor, who I can't believe I'm classifying him as a major player, but he is Houston's starting quarterback. So here we are. You know, all of Baltimore is missing a knee. 
So no in Baltimore. No knees in Baltimore. And uh, I mean, hey, they beat Kansas City. So no knees, no problems, I guess. But all of this is in week two. And we are looking at our first 17 game season in NFL history. So where does this leave teams, players? Like, how do you look at this and like justify? Yeah, like 17 games was a good idea. We're going to be fine doing this. You're asking these players to put their bodies on the line week in, week out. And obviously, yes, that's the nature of the game. But you're adding another game. And clearly, you can still barely handle like the opening month. So I know Mick is my resident football co-analyst. So we're going to pass her the mic. And like, what do you think about all these guys going down this early in the year? And how do you think that's going to impact this season? It just worries me because what's going to happen when we get to week five, week six? Week 11. Yeah. Like we're going to get to a point where (laughs) everybody's going to be full of injuries and you're going to see guys that should not be playing starting it's going to be interesting because i feel like we're going to get matchups that are so ridiculously un- uneven you're going to have like a starting quarterback and then they're like third string guy regularly i mean you're getting that in week 3 like the houston texans are straight up starting davis mills yeah so if we're getting that in week 3 what are we going to have in week 8 week 10 right god it worries me obviously like any injuries worry me because you don't want to see players get injured you don't want to see them getting carted off like not good obviously like it's an injury it's not good but when these guys are going to be missing huge chunks this season it's going to play a factor in where these teams end up in the standings at the end of the year i mean if everybody has injuries it's going to be how big is the injury to your team but it's going to be an interesting thing to watch and i don't know why necessarily we're seeing more injuries than we usually would considering like it's still only week three week two they've only played a couple games oh news two is not playing against the raiders because he has fractured ribs (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we're just breaking all the news (laughs) we're breaking it on wednesday and you're gonna listen to this on saturday so you'll already know it but but just know that we broke it we did apparently um, oh my God, Tua fractured ribs. Oof. It's okay. New York Jets, you're not going to finish last in the AFC East. Get excited. Um, yeah, so without Tua playing in Miami, their starting quarterback becomes Jacoby Brissett, who rose to fame when he was the third stringer in New England and actually had to start games during the Tom Brady era when Brady was suspended and then Garoppolo got hurt. He went to Indy, looked pretty competent in Indy, replacing Andrew Luck. And the entire league found out on Sunday that he's now in Miami. Um, I didn't know that. I don't think his receivers knew that because they looked way out of sync. So this will be a really interesting one. And on that note, let's do some picks. So last time we did picks, I think Michaela went 0 for 16. No, I got like four right, I think. Hang on, let me pull um so obviously we're just gonna pick the sunday and the monday games we're not gonna pick the thursday game because it's a little stupid and also because it's the carolina panthers versus davis mills and a supporting cast of characters we've never heard of and i think we all know what way that's gonna go so okay, i'm like doing this like just yeah no my um, brain yeah because you no. know last time i actually Wait, like, can i do it too okay we're we're all gonna 
we're we're gonna share the mic here. Okay. Can I, I do it too? Yes. yes. <laughs> Maybe I will pick the worst this time. Oh, you still pick the worst, and we have these two doing it. I like, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. This is where Karina reading my Sunday sprints is going to come in handy. This is her research for, for this moment right here. I'm stuck. <laughs> this is an audio medium, so none of you saw the, I want to call it a flexing motion that Karina just did, but I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Um, anyways, all right, ready? Let's do this. Chargers, Chiefs. 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 Cardinals, Jaguars. Everyone, one, two, three. Cardinals. 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 <laughs> Bears, Browns. 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 Okay, Browns. <laughs> Washington, Bills. 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 Colts, Titans. Colts. Colts. You know what? I'm going to swerve. We're all agreeing too much. Titans. Titans. That's that's for you, Julian. Um, Saints, Patriots. Oh, God. Saints. Patriots. Patriots. Patriots, because if Jameis Winston looks like he did last week. That's what I was thinking. Oh, Last week, Jameis Winston looked questionable at best, and New England's defense ate up all of Zach Wilson's missed throws. So, yeah, we're going to go New England on that one. Falcons-Giants. Oh, well, they're both 0-2, so... Yeah. Falcons. Well, they both suck. Well, they both get to lose. Falcons. I'm going to Falcons. Giants. I'm going to take... I'm going to take the Giants on this one. I don't trust the Falcons' defense. Um, Bengals, Steelers. 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 My Raiders did just beat the Steelers. Yeah. The Bengals are like... Also, Big Ben has a pec injury, but um, (laughs) Cincinnati has no defense. I don't trust the Bengals, and I will say that every single week. Yeah. Joey B, I'm sorry. They got you no offensive line help. Really sucks for you. Uh, Ravens, Lions. Ravens. 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 Uh, Jets, Broncos. Uh, Broncos. Broncos. Yeah, probably the Broncos. Dolphins, Raiders. Raiders! Raiders. Raiders. Guys, the Raiders have been my team for a whole eight days now. (laughs) They've won both games I've watched. Hey, are you finally a good luck charm? Oh my god, I am! Okay, sorry. Uh, Interrupting our picks for a moment to say that we went to a Jays game um, earlier this week and they lost. And I've been to like four Jays games this season and they've lost every single one and that I've been to, but then proceeded to win the next day. And they had won the day before too. And I'm going to like the first game of our last home series that could be a playoff clincher for us like next week and so if i'm actually a bad luck charm it's my fault that the jays are not going to the playoffs anyways continue um so hit me up for duarisby's address if that does in fact come true (laughs) um buccaneers rams that'll be a good one bucks rams bucks Oh, oh i hate you tom brady buccaneers yeah yeah i i yeah yeah. Ooh, this next one's a little interesting. Seahawks, Vikings. I want to say Seahawks. I also want to say Seahawks. I'm going to say Seahawks. It's before week eight, so I'm going to go ahead and say Seahawks. Um, Packers, 49ers. Packers. 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 Aaron Rodgers is back. Aaron Rodgers really said, oh, you all thought I was throwing games and then threw the game of his life. <laughs> yeah, and so it Packers. was quite lovely to watch. This next And one. then... 
Michaela's. You better all pick the right answer here. So for this one, I'm going to go like a little bit extra and I'm even going to predict how this game is going to end. Oh, oh I can do. tell you how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. Like right so it's Eagles Cowboys and my prediction is <laughs> Devo- my mind. Devonta Smith is going to catch the game winning touchdown. Of course he will. Of course he will because the Cowboys traded their pick to the Eagles and they ended up picking Devonta Smith. <laughs> Who literally, I ask anybody, I wanted the Cowboys to pick Smith so bad. Me and my dad were watching this game, or this draft, and I literally kept saying, the Cowboys are going to get Smith. He's going to drop to them. They traded their pick. And we didn't get him. I mean, I like Parsons, I do, but Smith is just so good. And the other thing about the game-winning play is it's going to be on a blown coverage by Micah Parsons. <laughs> because that's, that is my luck. So this is where I say that I think uh, my Eagles are going to win. You can't have two teams. Well, I forfeited the Eagles because they suck and the Raiders are better. But she finally learned something. But the the last three years, the Eagles were my were my team because I I like the Raiders now because they have a gay player and I I'm gay. Um, And so I think that the Eagles are going to win. To be clear, though, I do think the Cowboys are going to win. I'll say Cowboys for Michaela. Smith is going to have a really good game, and I'm still going to be mad. But the Cowboys are going to win. All right. And with that, that wraps up NFL this week. So now we're going to go into (laughs) hockey. Our hockey section just basically doubled in size over the course of recording this episode so far. Because we decided to record on the day that training camp opens. Yeah. Everybody's doing media avail right now. And stuff's coming out. Okay. We're four university students. Like, why can't the (laughs) NHL schedule around our availability to like, record podcasts on. come on like do you not know who we are um so if we just keep adding random things that's that's why i can open twitter on my computer if this never ends that would be why karina we apologize um yeah nhl hockey dua go okay hello welcome to hockey everyone's favorite segment um that's actually not true the football segment is way more chaotic than hockey segment um for now yeah that's true give it until halfway through the nhl season we're gonna be chaos all over this well today was a little hint of that chaos because our order was supposed to be basketball hockey women's sports football and then the entire nhl decided to keep like dropping bombs on us because we decided to record on the first day of training camp and so i had to keep adding things so I'm still adding things. Sorry. Yes, Michaela is currently adding more things for me. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Jack Eichel, and this is something we all are like kind of really passionate about because we're pissed because uh, players should have autonomy over their own bodies, but clearly in this case he doesn't, and um, really makes you think about if every other player doesn't have autonomy over their bodies. Okay, so Jack Eichel is at training camp today, which is when. Whoa, 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 whoa. for a second. Okay, so. I think we got to change our picks here. <laughs> uh, no, I still wouldn't change my pick. Anyways, um, so a couple days ago, Matt Nagy came out and said, as long as Andy Dalton is healthy, he is our starting quarterback. Um, so I would like to personally thank the Bears fan who went and found him and made sure he was unhealthy because it's Fields time, baby. Justin Fields is officially the starter for the Chicago Bears this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns, according to head coach Matt Nagy. Um, this is actually the timeline that I believe Fields should have started in. 
We said week four. So I mean, week three, pretty good. Yeah. But what I, what we also said was week four under a competent coaching staff mm-hmm. and this is Matt Nagy. So it would have been week eight, but now that Andy Dalton is hurt because he's old and you're asking him to be your starting quarterback. We actually get what we want. And Justin Fields is going to start. And I'm so freaking happy for the kid. I genuinely believe we could be looking at someone who is the best quarterback taken in that draft. I agree. And I will, I will debate you on that any day of the week. I think coming from somebody who team picked a quarterback in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think Justin Fields will be the best quarterback to come out of the 2021 draft. I think Trevor Lawrence will be the most skilled, but I think Justin Fields will have the most success. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Back to hockey. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. We're back. So Jack Eichel, he is at training camp today, which is Wednesday morning. And he is expected to not pass his physical because obviously he's not healed from his disc injury and the Sabres organization literally own his body. So they choose whether or not he gets to have his fusion surgery. He saw doctors on the East coast and there is quite literally no consensus on what to do. So what does this mean? It means that if he doesn't pass his physical, he's not cleared to play and the Sabres are going to strip his captaincy from him. Is that allowed? I don't know, but I guess it's their organization. So it's their organization. They can do what they want. And I know before I said, like, you have a contract, honor it, but like injury is different. Injury is different. Like before it was because like you weren't getting your way. This is like, you literally don't have, you can't choose what you're doing with your own body, which is like, I I can't believe we have to have this conversation, but like, that shouldn't be a thing. The other part of this is stripping his captaincy because he can't clear his physical because you won't let him get the procedure that would allow him to clear his physical is honestly the most backwards thing I have ever freaking heard. Like you're, you're doing this yourself and there's kind of like an unspoken rule in pro sports where you don't lose your job to injury. Um, we see this a lot with keepers. Um, if they go down injured, like the starting job is theirs when they're back and able to play. I feel like the same should apply to your captaincy when you have been that team's lifeblood since day one. They're and they've given you nothing. Yeah. They gave you Jeff Skinner. Oh, great. Sorry. Like he's gotten nothing from them and he has been loyal to them forever. So maybe treat him a little bit better. Obviously, like the Sabres are worried because apparently this surgery that he wants isn't covered under insurance. So if something were to happen and he can't play, they would be on the hook for however much money he would owe. So I get they're worried about that, but like your player's health should be more important and you're not going to be able to trade him because every team that you've possibly talked to about trades obviously wants a healthy player and they want to hear what the doctors have to say. You're just not going to get anything for him. And it, he's never going to play for you again. He doesn't want to after this whole thing. So this is just going to end so messy, <laughs> which sucks because Jack Eichel is and has been a fan favorite in Buffalo. And now it's going to be like this. That's what, like, it's 
messy doesn't even begin to describe the situation. Like he played 21 games last year. Like he's so injured. It it's I I don't get how as a team you can sit there and justify this with your star player who you have like single-handedly basically said like he is going to save us. You're not even letting him save you because he can't he can't save you if you can't play and he can't play if he doesn't get this procedure that you don't want him to get because of insurance. Like, I'm sorry, how much money do you have sitting in your owner's pockets? How much money do you have sitting in like value in that team? Like, I, uh. So further off this season, not being able to play the Sabres organization, not letting him do what's necessary for him to heal his body means that Jack Eichel will miss the Olympics and do not doubt what the Olympics could have meant to him. You know, like you can be like, Oh, he's a seasoned player. Like he doesn't really need to go to the Olympics or like, no, it's the fucking Olympics. Every little kid wants to go to the Olympics. I wanted to go to the Olympics. Do you guys want to go to the Olympics? Oh, hell yeah. Especially because the last time, like he could have gone in terms of like his age and his skill and whatever the NHL didn't go. Yeah. So this would have been his first chance to go. And now you're taking that away from him too. It'd make it make sense. Yeah. It's literally messed up. Anyways, any last thoughts on Jack Eichel before we move on to RFAs? Um, I don't think this is going to be our last thoughts on Jack Eichel because for this today, is, this is going to, that's what I'm saying now. These are not my last thoughts, but I'm just done with this today because I'm so frustrated by the situation. It's going to continue. I'm sure by the time this is out, you know, if he passes physical, you know, if he was stripped or whatever. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Okay. RFAs. So, oh yeah, before I move on um, from the Sabre is they signed Rasmus Stalin this morning, I think, or like last night to an 18 million three-year contract, but like still holding on an Eiffel because they don't want to fucking pay insurance. Anyways, RFAs. Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes both have not signed um, or like yet with the Canucks. They, the Canucks currently have 10 mil in cap space with the capacity to have 16 mil. Um, But like they want to put both of these players in long-term contracts. And these young guys don't want that because the cap situation in Vancouver is not great. Um, And you don't want to be stuck in that long-term. Also, they're super young and you like take a page out of McDavid's book. You do not need a 10-year contract when you are like 22 years old. You will be just fine without that. So they definitely will not be at training camp. Um, I really hope this doesn't turn into like, a William Nylander 2018 situation where they sign on the last day, like in December or whatever. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's going to take that long, but you know, with RFAs, I always fear that um, because that was an emotional fucking roller coaster for me. They have the same agent. His name is Pat Brisson. And he said that we are working on. The fuck else you want me to say? It's a French name. That's why I left. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's, it's like Brisson. Okay, Casey's gonna say his name for me. What's his name, Casey? Pat Brisson. Yes. So that guy. 
who get the French plus four days. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Um, okay, so my buddy Pat, who is <laughs> my buddy Pat, who is the agent for Pedersen and Hughes, said. Um, we're working on deals for Pedersen and Hughes. We talk every other day. We talked last week and over the weekend, the goal is to get this done. Um, Vancouver GM, Jim Benning says, I hate Jim Benning, by the way. Don't like that man. Um, yes, Bim Jenning. I hate that guy. He feels, uh, the team and, and Hughes and Pedersen are not that far apart in negotiations that came from Elliot Friedman. Thank you. Um, Okay. Brady Tuck is taking a while to get his ducks in a row. That is a new saying I learned this morning. He's getting his ducks in a row. And his uh, brother, Matthew Chuck, said that he is just being a Chuck like Keith, their dad, took forever to sign. And he, Matthew, took a while to sign. And so Brady Chuck is just being a Chuck. Um, they've talked about a long term deal. Uh, but it's probably going to be a short-term deal and knowing the situation of the senator's organization and their front office, I don't know who would want a freaking long-term deal in Ottawa. Um, my favorite thing ever is when one of my politics props said, why would you take the weakest aspect of a Canadian of the Canadian justice system and name a less than mediocre hockey team after it? And that's what I think about every time I think about the senators. So moving on, Zach Ronaldo of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So the Columbus Blue Jackets didn't invite him to training camp because he will not be getting vaccinated. So they released a statement um, from team president John Davison on Tuesday and said, forward Zach Ronaldo, who we signed in a two-way contract this summer, is not vaccinated. And because of that, and that's his decision. The plan is to start um, him in the American Hockey League, and he will not be coming to our training camp. We ha- we're going to have 67 players in our camp, and they're all going to be vaccinated. Davison, that's what Davison said. Um, everything we do, we do together as a team. Uh, like going with the theme of players not getting vaccinated, Tyler Bertuzzi of the Red Wings says that he he's not going to get vaccinated for against COVID-19. He will be at training camp following guidelines, but what is expected is that for this upcoming season, he will not be traveling to games in Canada. And then John Shannon says that just as a follow-up to the few players who chose not to get vaccinated under the agreement between the NHL and the NHLPA, if a player cannot cross the border to play games, that player is subject to suspension without pay which is completely valid. I think that, that I think that's what should happen. So um, Bertuzzi has opted out of 10% of the wing schedule. So yeah, he he's opted out of 10% of the schedule. So which is all the games in Canada. Um, but every other Red Wing is fully vaccinated. Um, speaking of teams being fully vaccinated, the almost the entire Leafs organization is fully vaccinated. I know Nylander said that he is not fully vaccinated. He has one dose, but he will be before the start of this season. Yep. Um, a mask today at, um, at media availability. Yeah, he was wearing a mask today. Said he, let me check on that, but I'm pretty sure. Hang on. Nylander. Just search his name on Twitter. I'm sure it'll come up. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, so the quote was, uh, William Nylander is doing his media availability today in a mask um, because he isn't fully vaccinated yet, but he said he will be fully vaxxed before the season. So he's getting there. Amazing. Everybody else is. Everybody. The flame said everybody participating in camp is the Leafs. I think it's just him pretty much. Yeah. So with the flames, everyone participating in training camp I think is, too. is fully vaccinated as well as the Canucks. And I'm pretty sure the Leafs other than William Nylander. The Blue Jackets are like, oh, most teams are. Like, yeah. It's going to be 98% of players fully vaccinated. 98% of players fully vaccinated is is really good, I think. It should be 100, but freaking <laughs> Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, okay, so the next thing I'm going to talk about is a little bit uh, of a tough topic. Um, we will be talking about sexual assault and domestic violence. So if that is something that you are uncomfortable with, I completely understand. I wouldn't want to hear about it either. Um, this is the last thing we're going to talk about, uh, in the episode and then just wrap up. So we will see you next week. Or if you want to skip to the outro, you can absolutely do that too. Um, so Vander Kane, Vander Kane has, uh, been through the ringer in the last couple of months because he's being outed for all the terrible things he is doing. So according to documents obtained by front office sports, Evander Kane's ex-wife is accusing him of sexual assault and domestic battery. The accusations are part of a domestic violence restraining order. She said that there were numerous, uh, Instances of Evander yelling and screaming at me or being physically aggressive towards me during our relationship. There is some very, very, very graphic details in those, like in those court documents. It is terrible. Like, I'm not obviously going to read them because they're really bad. Um, but like the shit he did was disgusting. He sexually assaulted her right after the funeral of their um they had a they had a baby who was born at like 24 weeks i think or 28 weeks and ended up dying so after the funeral he sexually assaulted her he sexually assaulted her when she hadn't like healed from childbirth he claimed that you couldn't rape your wife and so she was obligated to like have sex with him there was terrible things there and i'm not going to go into it even more but it's like this is so, like so disgusting and so disturbing. And it obviously comes two months after the accusations of him betting on his own games. So the NHL immediately launched an investigation about it, but that has since been like stalled or like, actually they're not even doing the investigation anymore. They just stopped at the beginning of September. They just stopped investigating it. There were no new allegations of sports betting in like this new filing, but she did allege earlier that he lost almost $1 million gambling um, when the Sharks played the Golden Knights in the 2019 uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. And then earlier um, this month, he also accused her of physically assaulting him and he got granted a restraining order against her which is gross. And the fact they haven't done anything to suspend him because a, he's facing like accusations of betting on his own games, throwing games 
and then sexual assault and domestic violence. That is four different like felonies. Those are felonies. And there's four of them. And the NHL is doing nothing to suspend him or uninvite him from training camp or even just putting him on admin leave. Like none of that. And it's just like, this is like, we say this every week. Hockey has a problem. Sports have a problem. They don't know how to handle this stuff. They really need to learn, but it shouldn't take us. Like we didn't, we don't need to be talking about a new thing like this every single week. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like, you saw with the Raptors, with Terrence Davis, when he had, like, six or seven charges against him, and he was still on the basketball court and still playing, and there was nothing being done. Um, And the only way we got rid of him was through a trade, which is ridiculous because he's still playing. Um, So I can't say I'm surprised. Like at this point, we're never surprised, which is like you said, like it's a problem in sports and it's really, really frustrating. And and, like, it's just really bad to hear all of this. What's even worse is through a quick Google search, you can find out this isn't the first time that Kane has been tied to this kind of thing. There's multiple reports from 2016 about lawsuits over domestic violence allegations, sexual assault allegations. Um, And just because it was five years ago, like doesn't mean it hasn't been happening in between. Um, And the fact that this is like the second go around of this kind of thing, it's embarrassing that the league is saying nothing, doing nothing. I get his wife or ex-wife was just kind of like in the news with what she said about like the gambling, but this is completely different. And in this household on this podcast, we believe survivors. Um, I'm disappointed. Isn't even the word, but I'm definitely not surprised that this is unfolding the way it is. We, we don't need people like him in the league. You want to talk about hockey is for everyone. Okay. Well, you have, multiple people in your league including an entire organization who are inextricably linked to sexual violence sexual abuse domestic violence so hockey's for everyone except women apparently i guess right now and that's just on this issue hockey's also only for white people but hey we're not ready for that conversation agreed So let us know your thoughts about our RFAs and how much you hate the NHL and every other sports league because they don't know how to treat women. And in most cases, people of color, too. Yeah. Tweet us. Email us. That's also an option. Uh, Yeah. Maybe a carrier pigeon, because I know that those I know pigeons are robots. Okay, there is no way they're real. Birds are scared of birds. I'm scared of birds and I hate cats. I hate cats. I hate me, but whatever. I hate cats. I'm also scared of birds. Welcome to the hockey. Um, can I say that word here? Yeah. Welcome to the hockey ho house. Okay. Well, with that, we're gonna pass it back to Casey to close up for this week. Thank you for hanging out with us through our session of organized chaos um, with breaking news and yelling and whatever else just happened um these always feel like a fever dream for us to record so hopefully they make a little bit more sense once you listen to it because that's how good we are at editing um shout out to rta for teaching us how to do that i guess um sorry the creative school on that note we will 
hang out with you next week. I was about to say see you next week. Also, should we start posting like the video recordings of us recording this? Because I think that would be hilarious. If I want to see it. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah, because we're going to have to look somewhat acceptable if people yeah. want to see the video. Yeah, currently I'm in Winnie the Pooh pajama pants. So like this episode <laughs> isn't up for discussion on that front. But um, in the future, if you think it would be fun to oh actually God. see us and hang out with us. Are you about to break more news? No, no, no. Okay. On that note then, Kay, thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.